Well, obviously the Missouri defense was mostly excellent against Florida on Saturday, but were Connor Basilak and Eli Drinkwitz in terms of his play calling as bad as most Missouri fans are seemingly thinking at this moment? Plus, did the Missouri basketball team actually figure something out yesterday against SMU? Well, all of this and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail hey, you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball, and thank you for making this your first listen and we are available of course for free on all platforms including youtube where i have a little bit different of a camera angle for you here today so how exciting is that i'll tell you this episode is brought to you by sonos sonos is the official sponsor of espn college football go to sonos.com to learn more and you know what for as much as i was satisfied at the end of that missouri florida game I was surprised by the amount of people who were seemingly not that thrilled because, well, it was a quote-unquote boring football game. I don't know. Maybe I was just so thrilled to see the return of competent defense that I was able to actually look past some of the offensive warts from Saturday. But you know what? Before we even get there, let's just take a moment to have a feel-good moment for all of these young men. My goodness, for Daniel Parker Jr., a kid who a couple years ago had an incredibly serious eye infection that not only threatened his football career, but possibly his actual sight in at least one of his eyes as well. For him to have that and to fight all the way back from what he had to go through, all that pain, all that boring times in the hospital, to now come his last game at Faroe Field catching a game-winning two-point conversion against the Gators, that's unbelievable. Good for him. And good for Connor Basilak for having that moment. That young man has certainly had his ups and downs this season, so just great to see that moment for him as well. And, of course, Tyler Beatty and Mike Maietti and just every single senior who's out there, even the guys who haven't been there this long, guys like Blaze Aldridge and, and Kiki Chisholm, I'm just happy for the whole gang. I really am. Now, I'll just tell you, I spent the better part of this morning going back and watching every single snap from that Missouri-Florida game from the sort of coaches cam all-22 perspective. And I got to say, Connor Basilak, I promise you, wasn't as bad as you thought he was on Saturday. Now, I'm not saying he was perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And to me, a couple times... His biggest issue sort of reared its head once again where he has an open baity or an open player on a, on a simple little screen pass or swing pass to the outside. And for some reason, he has struggled with accuracy on those particular balls. In one spot in particular, he had baity for what would have been a really big gain, a very simple throw that I'm sure everybody in the stands was saying, well, I could have completed that one. And in this spot, you actually might have been right. So a little bit inexplicable there, but at the same time, you saw Connor complete some really nice balls down the field. And at times, frankly, the problems are with 
his offensive line, just blocks not being picked up, and just guys maybe not separating and getting open. Now, if you're going to tell me that, hey, Missouri was being pretty conservative with their play calling, and if you're going to say, if your argument is that, hey, I'm pretty sure that Brady Cook could complete passes near the line of scrimmage and also offer more of a threat in the running game, well, I actually think you're on to something there. I think you make a good point, and you can certainly make a really good argument that Cook should have played under that circumstance. But I just want to say that for the Missouri fans who seemingly, once it became about late first quarter, second quarter, they seem to want to boo every single incomplete pass. Well, let's just be a little bit smarter than that because there were lots of times when, I promise you, I watched this game again. I watched these snaps over and over again. It wasn't all Connor Basilak's fault. And you know what? I've actually put together a lengthy video that I'm going to post later this week over at my Locked on Mizzou YouTube page where I'm going to break down lots of plays from that Missouri-Florida game. So be sure to wait for that. I'll, I'll definitely post it on social media. Follow me everywhere at Locked on Mizzou. By the way, a lot of people thought that Eli Drinkwitz's game plan was too conservative in some ways. Well, what I'm mostly interested in, did you all think it was too conservative at the end of regulation? With a few minutes left in regulation, I should say, Missouri essentially setting up what would be the game-winning field goal. Unfortunately, Harrison Mevis with a rare miss. And I'll admit, at live watching that, I thought the high snap was a bit of a problem, but not as high of a snap as you would think, and or at least maybe that I would have thought at first glance. The holder got the ball down. Mevis was just a rare miss. It happens, but you know what? Missouri could have gotten a lot closer, right? Now, they tried to run the ball. It wasn't as though they just took a knee, but unfortunately, two, three straight running plays didn't gain any yardage. If anything, lost a couple yards, and well, a 47, 48-yard field goal is not automatic even for somebody like Money Mevis. So if your argument is, hey, Missouri should have gotten a little bit closer, I can see that point. But at the same time, the last thing you want to do is leave Florida with more time on the clock, throw an incompletion, and certainly turn the ball over would be a disaster. So if there's ever a time to be content with a 48-yard field goal, it probably would be with Harrison Mevis, it probably would be with the Missouri offense considering its challenges on Saturday. But I, I definitely agree that in general, I'm not a fan of how content most coaches are with settling for, say, a 48-yard field goal in that spot. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But speaking of things that don't make a ton of sense at first glance, well, suddenly the Missouri Tiger defense is pretty good. Can we say that? I think we can. And I want to talk more about this surprisingly good Missouri defense coming up. But first, let me tell you about prize picks, daily fantasy made easy, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, let's be honest. If you've ever gone on to a daily fantasy website, especially if you're a bit of a novice, if you're new at the whole thing, it can be a little intimidating. There's so many options, so many different contests. What's What's the best one? Should I... How can I actually win? Should I go again in the big contest? Should I do one-on-one? -on -one? Well, guess what? Prize Picks has figured all of this out. It's just you versus the projected numbers. It's an over. It's an under. 
you get to decide and you pick the players that you feel best about. There's no salary cap, anything like that. Just pick the players that you feel like you have a statistical edge on and go with them. And when you do, use the award-winning app on both the App Store or Google Play. And also, hey, this is just for Locked On listeners. You'll get a deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code Locked On. Once again, a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code Locked On at Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. You know, ever since at least the Georgia game and perhaps maybe a week or two before that against Vanderbilt as well, Missouri's been really aggressive defensively against the run. And probably this past Saturday against Florida is the most aggressive I've seen him from a Missouri defense in a long time, and especially from a Steve Wilkes defense. And you know what? Like against Georgia, I think you want to make Georgia beat you with the pass. Unfortunately, well, Georgia has some pretty good receivers, and Stetson Bennett is a capable quarterback. He's not a Heisman guy, but he's very capable of throwing the ball down the field. Emory Jones, on the other hand, especially if that first read is not open, well, not so much. So to me, Steve Wilkes had a really smart plan defensively in this ball game, an aggressive game plan that obviously helped not only against the run game, but also just put Jones under tremendous pressure to, again, come off his first read and do something else. So an excellent plan by Steve Wilkes and the Missouri Tiger defense. Also, just tremendous credit to Wilkes. New new defensive line coach Al Davis and the whole crew for just finally getting this team to play really good defense all of a sudden. If you want to say, hey, what took so long? Well, fine and dandy. I, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. Other than just a new scheme, a bunch of new players, you're missing three guys who went off to the NFL draft defensively. I could see why it would maybe take a minute. And again, in modern college football, you don't exactly have a lot of live tackling in the preseason anymore. So regardless of what happened early in the season, I think if you're a Missouri fan, a ton of hope for the future defensively. And obviously, hey, you went from, gosh, are we going to already have to look for a new defensive coordinator to suddenly going, hey, I can't wait to see Steve Wilkes come back next season and see what they can do to see what he and the rest of his staff can do with this Tiger defense in 2022. By the way, speaking of the future, never too early to talk about recruiting. And, well, even though the 2022 football class yet to be completed, Missouri off to a fast start in 2023, and it's a big one. Their first oral commitment is four-star tight end Brett Norfleet from the St. Louis area. Norfleet committing to play not only football, but also baseball for the Tigers, too. So it sounds like Drinkwitz's willingness to let guys play baseball, perhaps Sam Horn, their quarterback prospect, looks like he might play some baseball, too. You never know. We'll have to see in the future. But it seems like Drinkwitz's willingness to let guys play multiple sports can't hurt, right? But I think the big point here is, hey, Missouri's gotten a couple victories here in a row. We're actually trending in the right direction. If you're Luther Burden, if you're all the guys who are part of that 2022 recruiting class, 
and all the guys in the future as well. Well, none of them have gotten off of Missouri. None of them have decommitted. None of them have decided to go elsewhere. So now that you have some real results, now a kid in the 2023 class that Missouri really wanted, hey, this is all good news if you're a football fan. And speaking of good news for the future, well, we may have seen a glimpse of the future and the present at the same time when DJ Jackson, I thought, really stood out. The young corner came in, stepped in for a Caleb Evans, who to me has been by far Missouri's best corner on this season, at least on the outside. Maybe Chris Abrams' drain in the slot has a bit of an argument, but Evans, regardless, has had an excellent season. Was very worried when I heard he was sitting out this game with injury, but you know, I thought DJ Jackson, not only in coverage, but made a really key tackle at one point on the outside, setting the edge that if he doesn't make, that Florida running back might still be running. Oh, by the way, just for a second, allow me to pat myself on the back for a second. Not only did I pick Missouri to win this game on Friday, well, I made several references to Eli Drinkwitz. If I were him, I would have that black and gold Darth Vader helmet on standby. But you know what? Eli, number one, pretty good prediction by me. But number two, hey, Eli's move with the hood and the lightsaber, that was even better. That was even funnier. You don't want to copy Dan Mullen, but just, just make reference to his stupidity. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. So an even better idea than what I had. So well played, Eli, on that one. But you know what? Speaking of well played, hey, actually the Missouri Tiger basketball team, for as ugly as that game started, the finish, pretty darn impressive by the Tigers. And I actually think they've found something that's sustainable moving forward, a lineup combination that at the very least gives them the best chance to win. I think that's obvious. They figured that out yesterday and they play Florida State this evening. So we got to talk some basketball here in this final segment. But first, I do want to tell you about Built Bar, which is, of course, the greatest protein bar of all time. You've heard me say it many times, but if you haven't, well, that's okay. Just know that you're missing out because, well, they say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. I promise it will fool you into thinking you're eating a candy bar because while most protein bars, frankly, just don't taste very good, Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into one, I promise you know you're getting something that is high in quality. But it's also low in carbs, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, but also high in protein. So indeed, like I said, high quality all the way. So just go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. You know, there's a really good Missouri Twitter account out there that I think all of you fans should follow, especially if you're a basketball fan, and that is at Data Mizzou. Again, very simply, Data Mizzou. Well, this person tweeted out yesterday that the Tigers' offensive points were pos- per possession was an absolutely abysmal .51. So essentially a half a point you're expected to score each time down the court. You know, I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. You're actually, you actually get two points when you put the ball in the basket or even three sometimes. So a half per possession, not very freaking good. But then the last 25 minutes of the game, 
Well, that including, of course, that overtime period. Well, suddenly Missouri scoring 1.4 points per possession, which just for context is absolutely outstanding. That's really, really, really freaking good. Like better just for that moment. That's more efficient than the famous 2012 Missouri team, which was the most offensive team, most efficient offensive team in the country that year. Well, that's even better than what they did for that season, just to give you some context. Now, obviously, that's just 25 minutes. Certainly, you're not expecting that level of productivity for the Tigers moving forward. But the point is, they figured something out there, or at least I did. Hopefully, Conzo Martin realized it as well. But here's what Missouri has to do the rest of the season. They have to play Kobe Brown and Ronnie DeGray huge minutes. I'm talking 35 minutes a night, both of those guys, at your de facto four and five positions. Now, notice I didn't say power forward and center because neither one of those guys is a center. You can't call either one of those guys a center. Now, Jordan Wilmore, we can call him a center. But suddenly, once you got you got a, a true center off the floor, you had Brown and DeGray, again, there at the, at the same time, both guys shooting really, really well from three so far this season. Well, this is not only Missouri's best offensive lineup. To me, it's its best defensive lineup, too, because you give yourself flexibility to switch everything, to help, to recover. I, I think that's even just as important as the ability to switch all these screens that Missouri's talked about a lot. It's the ability to recover defensively that DeGray and Brown with their relative length and size, but also their ability to just cover a lot of ground. I think that's absolutely important for the Tigers. But then offensively, suddenly when both of those guys are out there, especially where they're shooting right now, suddenly the lane is wide open for drivers. And now you can actually get to the hole when you beat a guy off the dribble you can actually get to the cup without drawing a charging violation. Makes a huge difference. Now, as for the rest of the guys on the team, well, it's pretty clear that Conzo Martin is down to seven players for all intents and purposes because yesterday, Anton Brookshire played one minute, Yaya Keita played six minutes, and then other than that, it was those seven guys. But to me, to me, it's six guys for me. That's who I trust. At least, and trust is kind of a strong word, right? And I'm not including Wilmore there just because, to me, he should be a situational player on this basketball team. If your best, if the best version of yourself is, is again, DeGray and Kobe being your de facto four and five men, the biggest guys on your, on your five-man unit, and that's what Missouri finished with, by the way, and they did it very well. So hopefully Conzo Martin will figure this out. But to me, if that's your the kind of ball that you're best at, Jordan Wilmore just doesn't fit into that. Again, situationally, against certain matchups, guys like Kofi Coburn, the big seven-footer for Illinois, maybe Wilmore will be effective in that role, at least in spots. But right now, to me, it's Kobe, it's Ronnie DeGray. They've got to play 35 minutes and – Really, you, you've just got to, you know, Boogie Coleman has struggled a little bit here the last couple games. I think you just got to trust him and hope that he he plows through it because I don't know that you have a lot of better options at this point. And then between the rest of the guys, there's three more spots between Amari Davis, Javon Pickett, and 
Dewan, Dejawan Gordon, I should say. I think Dejawan showed something yesterday. He plays really hard. He's got an athleticism that we need. I think he's one of the guys who's in there for sure. But, you know, the other guys, we're still fighting to find some consistent offense from those wing spots. But to me, again, Kobe, Ronnie DeGray, if you're, they're your four and five, they give you a chance to at least be fairly entertaining to watch. And as a Missouri fan, I think we'll at least take that at this point. And once again, thanks for joining me on this little adventure I call Locked on Mizzou. And if you want some more pod in your life, well, I suggest you check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. That's Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from gambling expert Lee Sterling. So, Until next time, I will see you all Tuesday. Definitely going to talk about the Missouri-Florida State basketball game. We'll have probably more on Missouri and Florida. Perhaps we'll start delving into Missouri, Arkansas, and Black Friday as well. So plenty to get to here this week on Locked on Mizzou. So I will see you then. I'm John Miller. Goodbye.